Hi there, and welcome to All Things Montessori, a podcast devoted to discussing aspects of the Montessori approach to child development. If you're a guide in the classroom, a parent of a Montessori child, or someone who is just trying to learn more about it, we cover it all. My name is Rachel Larson, and I'm a Montessori teacher and an administrator, and I'm joined by Jamie Rue, AMI trainer and Montessori consultant. Any guide that is now teaching in the classroom knows that there is a specific journey that happens when you go through training, and then there's another journey when you exit training and start preparing your classroom and throughout your first year of teaching. So Jamie and I thought it would be interesting to talk through that transition from training. What does it feel like to be a guide just finishing their training and moving on to starting their first year of being a Montessori guide? All the nerves, the anxiety, the excitement. We talk through that process and it's really a fun conversation to almost put you back in those shoes of where you might have been when you had first gotten out of training. And if you're just getting out of training, you probably can relate to a lot of the things we're talking about. So I hope you enjoy. Rachel, tell me about the experience you had finishing up training in the master's courses, and then a month later or less having to set up a classroom and and be in, you know responsible for a number of children and their families. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's probably one of the craziest changes of my life, not to mention I had to move to a new place also. Um so lots of change. Um yeah, you know, I I think you're so prepared in so many ways and then you're not prepared. <laughs> in so many ways. Um, so one of the, one of the first things that was one of the hardest things for me to even wrap my head around, which I had thought a little bit about in training, but not until I walked into the room I was going to use as my classroom that I started thinking, Oh, okay, what am I going to, where am I going to put stuff? And I remember I went back to the training center. I looked at how it was set up there. And then I, I looked at, um, there was something online from WMI and I looked at all the pictures and I remember just using that as a guideline. Um, And then I would sit with my album and I would go through all the lessons that I would give six-year-olds. And I would say, like, how would I actually give it? Where is this material? I mean, it is so detailed. It's so hard, right? So then you get the classroom all set up and and then you think it's great, but then the children come and it's, it's a whole different ball game. Um, You know, I think when you're in training, you're on, you're in your own bubble and you're just trying to survive. You're trying to get all of this. You're trying to make these beautiful albums. You're trying to, you know, make sure you're so prepared, make sure that you at least 80% understand most of what's going on. Cause a lot of it, you don't know yet. Um, but then, you know, you start working with a child and it's just completely different. And, you know, I remember you saying something in training, which is really true. You said, um, we were talking about giving lessons during the day. And you said, well, that's even if you get to giving lessons that day. And that's one of the most truest things like I've ever heard, because while you have this lesson plan, you want to give whatever, eight lessons or something. There's like a million things that will come up to prevent that from happening. Or maybe you see a child working with something and then you go a totally different direction. I mean, that's what makes being a Montessori guide so fun and also makes it challenging because you don't have a very 
concrete plan that you can necessarily stick to. And that's something that only I learned through experience. And I was in a, I was in a different sort of situation because I didn't have um, an elementary colleague at my school. I was the first elementary guide and I was the first elementary program. So I really had to go off of what I learned in training. And it was kind of freeing in a way because I got to do things the way I wanted to do them. But then when I had a question, it was really hard. But, you know, I leaned on you. I had a great admin support um, and friends from training that helped. But that was that was definitely challenging. You know, I mean, it's just one of the first things in your first year, you just react to everything. <laughs> like everything is like a like everything is like, oh my gosh. And now, I mean, as the years go by, you don't react as much. <laughs> but what were some of those things that caused reaction, do you think, in those first few weeks in the classroom? Um, children running was one, which sounds really small, but that was one that I, I had to learn how to not panic and freak out and just give the grace and courtesy lesson on walking again and again. And then like, put a stop to it. Um, another one was just their obsession with pencils and the places <laughs> they would put them and just, it's just gross. <laughs> That's sort of a small one too. Um, and then, um, misuse of material also. Um, Right, because in training, when you're practicing all these presentations, you're with another, a fellow student and, you know, an adult who right. is training to be a teacher who just does everything exactly as right. you say. Mm -hmm. And then you have a child like throwing one. I remember one day in my first year of teaching, they were having, and this is awful to even repeat out loud, but they were having competitions of who could drop a bead bar the highest and it wouldn't break. That was fun. <laughs> so mad how could they do that <laughs> whatever they're six years old right sounds fun but yeah so I think um the shock and I'm an I'm an emotive person so that was a learning lesson for me because they copy what you do if I react strongly to something that's how they're going to react strongly in a situation right so learning that like calmness and also, you know, strictness, but not necessarily making everything a big deal. And I feel like my first year of teaching, everything was a big deal. <laughs> so that's something. <clears throat> what did you find that helped you? Like what shifted that for you? Just more experience? Time, I mean, yeah, more experience, I think, is number one, the most important thing. And that's, you know, it's you you have to have the time in the classroom you know, but other than that, I would read my albums all the time, especially my theory album. Um, and that helped. That was a comfort. I even reread some Montessori books too. But besides that, I had an, a network of friends from training um, that we had a group. I remember we had a group message our first year. And looking back on that, it's so funny because most of our days were stressful no, I mean, it wasn't just full of, oh, I had the most beautiful day. It was like, oh, you'll never guess what happened today, right? Um, and then, you know, I leaned on you a lot. I called you with so many questions. And I remember you were telling me everything that I said, you were like, yeah, yeah, I know. I, like you, like, it's so typical, right? It's like, I know. Yeah. But as a first year teacher, you're just like, can you believe this? And you're like, yes, I can. 
Yes, six-year-olds. And you had a unique experience, too, because you were starting a new program, so you only had six-year-olds. I five-and-a-half and and six-year-olds, which the five-and-a-half-year-olds, you know, they were not – I had two that were not ready until March, probably. Um, But they wanted to get the program started, and so, you know, as you do, I met them where they were, and it worked out just fine. Um, But that was also hard because I didn't – you know, they didn't have that older child to look up to. They didn't have those, there were no returning students, right? It was just like them coming to me, this foreign person in a new room doing all this cosmic education, right? What is that? Um, And so it was all new for them too. And it actually took me a while to realize that like, they were just as, you know, they were transitioning as well as I was, right? Does that make sense? So once I kind of understood that, um, that really helped. And then, you know, one of my, um, mentors in the admin, she said, um, that I had to act like the older child because they didn't have that. So I made timelines. I made like a diorama. I did all this like really big work and it worked because they just wanted to know what I was doing. So, and it kind of gave me some peace of mind too, to show them like, this is how we work in the classroom. And then yeah. So as much as it was for them, it was for me too. Mm-hmm. The training experience, we often talk about how it's, you know, there's a transformation of the adult that, that has to happen to work with Montes- Montessori children and to work in this Montessori way. How, tell me about your feeling about the transformation. Does it end when training's over or? No. <laughs> <laughs> I almost feel like when training's over, that's the beginning, if that makes sense. Because mm-hmm. you come out and you're, you just see the world in a totally different way. Um, and then you start teaching. And you not, you not, not only do you start teaching the children, you start working with parents and like figuring out how to navigate all of that and present yourself as a, you know, Montessori teacher to Montessori guide. Um, you know, no, it just, it continue. I feel like I'm still changing, but I've never gone back to the way I was before training, if that makes sense. I, Montessori did so many things for me, but it really um, changed my outlook on, you know, children, but also just so many things about the world. So you can't really go back from that. It's like, you can't see, you can't unsee what you've seen after going through the training. Right. Um, And you just have to trust it too. And that was another hard thing because you doubt yourself a lot. Your first year of teaching, you're like, what was that? But then you told me this too, I remember. <laughs> Obviously, I talked to Jamie a lot my first year. You said, I said something about how like I gave a lesson wrong or I can't remember what it was. And you said, um, they are like puppies. They will not remember. And did they remember? No. <laughs> so it's fine. Yeah, we're not going to ruin children with one nope. incorrect lesson or no. one, Doesn't you matter. know, Um, maybe less than optimal response to a situation, right? Right. You know, those children are very resilient, responsive. Mm -hmm. They are. And they're, I think some of them actually, like, I, I feel like I still have a couple of my students from my first year in my class. And I'm, I'm so close to those children, because it was just me, I didn't have an assistant, right? And they, we kind of like, we grew that community and that culture together. You know, it's like a special thing, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But I know that I was not the only person calling you their first year of teaching. I'm sure a lot of your students. I generally, I mean, I really encourage students 
to, to stay in touch. You know, I, uh, I know how hard that first year is and I know I couldn't have done survived my first year in the, in such a strong way without a, I had a mentor next door, uh, a seasoned teacher and, you know, you didn't have that. And a lot of people don't have that. So I do encourage students. So often September, October, November, uh, graduates from the previous year, I get a fair amount of communication from, Mm -hmm. and I still, you know, it tapers off in many ways, but even, you know, I have a graduate from five years ago who just, you know, who's pretty seasoned now in the classroom, who just contacted again with a new problem that he hadn't encountered before. And how can, what are my ideas about that? And I think that's an important part of this work. We have to be sure that you reach out to your trainers, but you also reach out to other seasoned, experienced people or people in the same boat as you and just mm-hmm. gather ideas for responses and gather ideas for ways to support yourself in the classroom. You don't have to do this work alone. Right. It's so hard to sometimes I, I feel like, you know, as a guide, you want to feel like you can do it all yourself because you know, you almost get in a state where you're like, oh, I can do it. I'll fix it. I'll fix it. Right. Um, But when you do that, I feel like you alienate yourself a little bit and then it's harder to see perspective. That's why it's so good to also have like observers come in or, you know, not even parents, but just have like an office person come in. Um, The school that I work at, um, they have all new employees observe. And then like all of us take turns observing each other's classrooms because it's just really good and observing your own classroom too. Right. is really important. Taking a step away from the chaos sometimes, then you actually see that it's not chaotic at all. Right. Like or you your... see the root of the chaos that isn't right. the fire you were going to run and put out, right? Mm-hmm. That there's another thing that you could do that would settle. So true. Yeah. So talk about, um, let's talk about your your experience from your training to the classroom because you had a little, you had a much different experience than I did with training and your experience before. So I was an assistant and then took a three summer training, but really took over a classroom after one summer of training. So that is not ideal. Uh, (laughs) But I know that a lot of schools and teachers uh, have to do it that way, you know, and we had to do it that way. I had some I had a variety of supports in place to help me, but it, I, you know, I took over that classroom with one summer of elementary training, which really means about four weeks, right? Because yeah, the definitely. foundation course and then, right. and then a few weeks of the elementary lectures. Uh, I look back on that year as one of my favorite years of teaching. It was so much fun and I never, well, I may have worked as hard now through training of trainers, but I worked, (laughs) that was the hardest year of my teaching career too. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was constantly working outside of the classroom in addition to the work in the classroom to, you know, because part of that work when you're a new teacher is not only being responsible for all these children and their families. And I think I had 23 or so, but also the making sure I knew the lessons to give and practicing sure. those presentations and being sure. So I do remember staying at school or even bringing, you know, materials home to practice at mm-hmm. night <laughs> so that I was ready for the next day with the children. Um, and I, you know, I, I was very lucky to have a strong mentor in the room next door and 
uh, in the upper elementary classroom. So I had a six to nine classroom and, um, you know, the bulk of that year was really establishing systems and building community and building relationships. And I gave some presentations of academic content at, mm -hmm. uh, as well, but a lot of it was building the classroom culture and it was loud and it was busy and it was chaotic at times. And I felt like that was all my fault a lot of yeah. the time. Mm -hmm. And I remember leaving the classroom with my assistant because it was chaos and I couldn't stand it. And going and sitting in the upper elementary classroom where everyone was engaged and it was peaceful. <laughs> and I just sat there for a moment and I said to this teacher, you know, I get, I can't do this. Like this can't, I can't make this happen in my classroom. Mm -hmm. Um, and she said to me, you know, I'm reaping what you are sowing now with these children. You know, in the six to nine class, you're going to give a lot of presentations and you are going to do a lot of conflict resolutions and grace and yeah. courtesy <laughs> and all these other things that that they will show they need practice with by <laughs> making lots of mistakes. She said, and then when they move into the upper elementary, that starts to really grow. You know, those seeds mm -hmm. you have sown start to pop up a lot more in the upper elementary, which is why it could be a place of refuge for me those right. first mm -hmm. years that I was in the classroom. And that really sustained me and allowed me to look at these children in a different way and not feel so frustrated with them and with myself about, you know, why aren't you acting like my trainer said you would act when I gave you this presentation? The <laughs> end of my presentation says, and then the children will do, work, will right. do more work. work. Yeah, they, right. Okay. <laughs> sure. Why aren't you doing that, six-year-olds? It says it in my album. <laughs> I have so many notes like that in my album that are like, children will explore. And I'm like, okay, that means they'll put it away immediately and get back to whatever they were doing before that I interrupted them from. <laughs> right? That's the hard part. Yeah. You know, in the on the training course, we're trying to give a lot of content so that you have all those resources as mm -hmm. a teacher to go to and say, oh, I know this child would be ready for this or excited by this. And we want to give you as much content as possible. And we all know, to be honest, that for the six-year age span, it's not even enough. There's mm -hmm. still a lot that yeah. you have to create yourself. But we try to give you as many keys as we possibly can. Uh, but it's impossible to, to offer the 10 different ways that, or a hundred different ways <laughs> that children will or won't engage with the work, because yeah. that's all based in the relationship you develop with those children. And that relationship is critical. Oh yeah. If you don't have one. Yeah. They're not going to, well, they won't respect you as their teacher and then they're not going to want to do it. And also the reason, I mean, one of the reasons I'm assuming you can't really give us that in training is because every child's different. Right. Right. <laughs> I get questions all the time, you know, when I present in places, you know, well, I have this one child who does this <laughs> and I'll say, I can't, I can give you general advice about general principles about children, but unless I see that child and know that child and build a relationship with that child, I can't. Yeah. give you a prescription of how you should work with that child in that particular instance. 
I can go spend a little time in a classroom and, and observe. And I've spent so much time of observing children over the last 20 years that I can make, draw some pretty, um, reasonable conclusions from it, from a relatively short observation, uh, anymore. And I could then provide more specific advice. And that's what I do when I go and coach or do other things. Mm -hmm. But, but, but I also ask all the teachers that I'm working with. I mean, even when I was helping you that first year, right. You know, well, tell me more about this child. Tell me more mm-hmm. about your relationship with this child. Tell me what you've seen, because all of that is what factors in, not just what's happening in this one situation. Absolutely. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's the hard part of the first year, too, because you don't know the children as well. Right. And you don't know yourself as a teacher very well yet. Mm-hmm. So you don't have the years of, experience with other children that's similar that you can draw in and say, oh yeah, this is like Joey from four years ago and I can handle this. I'll try this strategy and I'll try that one. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's the, that's the other big challenge. You just have to, you just have to dive in, but that relationship that you can build with the children. That's the biggest part because I think once you have that, um, it's sort of, you know, they're going to be much more open to all the things you're trying to do with them. Um, one thing I did my first year that worked pretty well, um, I just thought about my own interests, what made me, me. And I brought that into the classroom. Like I had my parents come visit who are musicians. I did a lot of just, you know, things that I liked. And that got the children to know me on a more personal level. And it really fostered that relationship. Because you are just a stranger to them, right? Yes. And six-year-olds mostly will love you. Not all of them will just love you and give you a million hugs and do whatever you say, you know? Yeah. So you have to build that with them. Yeah. And you have to be yourself. You right? have to. Absolutely. I mean, I think like, you know, sometimes you just have to be a kid with them too, right? Like, because, and there's a fine line. You can't really do that the first day because, you know, then they're going to just think that that's how it how it's done in the classroom right but um I mean as you said like it's so important to like go outside with them like in the first couple weeks and like play games and like do like silly things like that but also set strict you know guidelines and limits and all of those things too but it's also both are important you know because all those you know teaching songs playing games all those things that's the those are the things that the children are most likely going to remember Probably not the similarity and congruency lesson you gave them. <laughs> my, and, <laughs> my own children remember very few of their Montessori lessons mm-hmm. at this point now. Yeah. Well, no, I think that all of that relationship building, that recognition that what we talk about in the training, we, you know, we're offering sort of what we know is ideally optimal for children, what we want to be striving for. But the culture and the the ideal is something that you have to build up to. Yeah. It's not something that you walk in on that first day and think, I'm a trained adult. And so this is going to just naturally unfold. And I sort of thought that not really consciously, but I just sort of assumed I'm in a Montessori school and these children are just going to start off and just love this Montessori work because I've prepared this environment and they'll be mm-hmm. ready to go. Yeah. And 
it takes a lot of work and effort and not the academic work so mm-hmm. much. Yeah. Yes, you want to connect them to work that sure. helps, but but the it's that relationship building, community building, yeah, uh, all of those other aspects that gets them to feel safe and excited and ready to be there. Exactly. Um, I remember my dad said something to me the day the night before I was gonna have my first day of teaching. And I said, I'm just so nervous. And he said, I bet they're more nervous than you. And I was like, you're right, actually. Like they're entering a new space too. They don't, mm-hmm. you know, they don't know what they're going to be doing. And that, that sort of makes the whole thing, it just puts it into a different perspective because they are only children and they're there to do their best. They want to succeed, right? Yeah. But mm-hmm. And they want to have fun and they want to work, yeah. but they they have to figure out who you are and how you're going to respect them and and encourage them. Um, And that's the key in those first several weeks is really building that you're giving presentations, but you're also, you're also just building that culture. So those, I, you know, I told, I tell the students on the course, I know I told you those first few weeks, I didn't take a break during the day. I mean, I'd run to the bathroom when I had a chance, but I was with the children at lunch and I was with the children at recess because I wanted to help build that consistent sort of culture all the way through. Right. Now you can't sustain that long-term, but for those first few weeks, I think it makes a big difference to be with them as much as you can. It also is a great way to train all the other people who are going to be working with them, you know, so any specialists, any Mm -hmm. assistants or playground people or whatever, if you're there modeling and showing them the expectations and showing the children, just a few weeks at the beginning of the year that can make all the difference for your whole school culture and the rest of the year. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at allthingsmontessoripod at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at at allthingsmontessori. Jamie and I are dedicated to continuing the conversation and we hope you tune in next time for more discussion.